Uh, hey, man. What's up? Uh, have you ever heard of the Great Emu War? Emu War? Yeah. It's great. The Great Emu the War. The Great Emu War? Yeah, it was, a, it was pretty great. Okay. So, I mean, we're talking about birds. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What's the difference between an ostrich and an emu? I don't know, actually. I didn't look that up in the whole process. <laughs> so, here we are. You're not as good at kissing as I thought you were going to be. <laughs> we should have done that before we the wedding. Have, yeah, the rest of the really world sad. is watching. Like, dude, Australia can't even beat a bunch of birds. <laughs> All right, guys, we need backup. Bring in the bunnies. <laughs> We're doing this for why? <laughs> for no reason at all? Why? <laughs> for the bit? <laughs> anyway. Things I learned last night. Tilling it, tilling it, tilling I know, all I know about emus is that a lot of youth pastor haircuts look just like them. <laughs> That's... <laughs> If you, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> the little hair on top or nothing on the side. That's, I mean, that is a youth pastor haircut. Emus look like they work at a mega church. That, uh, yeah, you know. Emus look like they graduated from a Christian leadership college <laughs> and are already divorced. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's, yeah, that's scary accurate. Dude, we should um, start a TLC show. TL shows show uh, for. <laughs> For um, this is gonna sound rough. This is a rough joke. Here we go. <laughs> Called nineteen and divorced, uh, and it's oh, for no. Christians <laughs> that got married in college and it didn't. And you're you're nervous right now because you know it could be a real show. <laughs> I, um, yeah, your face is like <laughs> ah no. Yeah, but it's you know it's for those kids that got married on their eighteenth birthday, uh, <laughs> and then six months in, we're like this sucks. Jeez, um, you're not as good as kiss uh, kissing as I thought you were going to be. <laughs> we should have done that before we the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I would have known that you're a bad kisser. Yeah, that's the grounds. No for tongue, too much tongue. There's just and I've got emu hair. <laughs> anyway, this uh, is a good episode so far. So here's the difference. We've got a lot of laughs. Here's the difference. Here's the difference. There's a couple differences. One, um, emus are shorter than ostriches, um, so they. That's why they're more insecure. Yeah, they're a little insecure. Um, they also weigh a little bit less. Um, they're gonna say more. <laughs> like they weigh like a little they're more. shorter and <laughs> they're they weigh fatter. heavier. <laughs> they're shorter. Uh, they weigh a little less. Um, they're the Danny DeVito of birds. Yeah, they they're darker colored, um, but the most notable difference Do you think is ostriches are racist against them. I don't think they know much about each other. Are I they mean, in the maybe. same place? I don't know. Could you run into so. if you were out on a safari? I don't know where ostriches live. If you were on, a, on an ostrich, uh, you know, journey, yeah, would you run into some emus? Um, I mean, it depends where you're doing it. Uh, emus are in Australia. I know that. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's they're unique to Australia. Are ostriches in Australia? I don't know. Hold on, let me look. Ostrich. They're giant birds, so I assume that's where they're from. That is a pretty Australian thing. Um, it's just giant, whatever we have. Uh, it looks like ostriches live throughout Africa. I don't know if they live in Australia oh, okay. as well. All I'm seeing is Africa, so maybe they're just from different places. But um, the ostriches—they're taller. They usually have like bald necks. So, is there an ostrich emu angle that we can go here, like a ostrich emu smackdown? This is what I was asking. Like, are they like 
are, are like ostriches like ew emus or emu is like ooh look at those ostriches over there. You know, I don't know if the emus and ostriches do they know, know about each other. They, I think they're on different continents. Okay, well, there's people on different continents that we know about. Oh my gosh, <laughs> they're not. They don't have like multi-continental society. You don't think so? For large birds, large flightless birds don't understand other continents exist. They don't have that kind of. Well, actually. When we talk about this, maybe that might challenge this because they seem pretty intelligent. Anyways, so here's my favorite difference though. Um, emus, uh, they have three toes, uh, where ostriches only have two. And for some reason, the difference in toes allows ostriches to run 45 miles an hour, when an emu can only run at about 30 miles an hour. So, so wait, which one has less toe? toe really the extra toe. Down. Oh, the extra toe slows them down. Yeah, that extra toe really, really yeah. weighs. That that extra toe is like seventy pounds. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, that's why I got I got disqualified from the Olympics because I uh, because you have a sixth toe. No, no, no. I chopped some toes off <laughs> to give myself an advantage. You know, and they were like, you can't. They like so. Yeah, I was like, we, they were like, you can't make any modifications. I was like, I have an aftermarket foot. <laughs> And they were like, "No, you can't do that." <laughs> aftermarket foot. Yeah, it's like braces are an aftermarket mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like okay, if you okay. if you make adjustments or whatever. Yeah. And then I cut off some toes, so I'd be a little faster. Yeah. It's like night toe. What? <laughs> <laughs> your brain got it. Your brain got it after that. You went what? And then your brain went ah. That was fun to watch. <laughs> So here's the thing with the great emu war. We should start over. <laughs> <laughs> so the great, the great emu, emu war. war. They have two toes. They have two toes. No, they no, have they three. They have three toes. Three. Ost- have two. Why this, do they name ostriches ostriches and emus emus when ostriches come from Australia? It sounds too similar. I know it's spelled totally different. It just goes ah. Ostriches don't come from Australia. I know. That's what I meant. Everybody knew. Ostriches should. Anyways, so the emus. Here's the thing. Oz um, emus. In 1932. Uh, there we're was an issue way back. There was an issue. Uh, the emus were um, well, I, I think we got to go a little further back now that I think about it. Okay, 25 years before <laughs> 1932. Actually, that's pretty close. Uh, what, so 1907 what are you after about? after World War one, the Australian government said thanks to all their soldiers who fought in the war by giving <laughs> them farms um, all oh. throughout the Australian outback. They're like, hey, thanks for what you did in the war. Here's a farm. In you the know, the United States kind of did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. They just reserved booths at all the outbacks. <laughs> and like, Listen, thanks for your sacrifice. Here's a blooming onion from down under, you know, <laughs> so they get lifetime supply. Well, I mean lifetime or two years, whichever is longer. <laughs> whichever is longer. Yeah. Yeah. So they gave them all farms. AT and T did the rollout and they were like, oh you can have gosh. a booth, but we're going to kill you. They gave them all farms um, and then a few years after that, Rabbits became a giant problem. Um, Jack rabbits. Yeah, and well, just rabbits in general. All oh, okay. species of bunny rabbits um, became a big problem because they would just eat the crops of yeah. all the farmers. Uh, and yeah, so like we got all these rabbits everywhere. So yeah, so the farmers were like, "Hey, you gave us this farmland, and it's infested with rabbits. Um, we need you to do something about it." So they built like the Great Rabbit Wall, and it stretched miles. I don't. I'm gonna look it up. Real the quick. Great Rabbit Wall. I don't know if that's what it's called. Uh, <laughs> so what you're saying is in 25 years before 1932, <laughs> this wouldn't exist. No, it would be after World War One. Yeah, yeah. They were yeah. like, hey, thanks for fighting. Well, actually, no, this, uh, this this was before World War One. So they built this before World War One. They gave the farmland to the farmers after World War One. 
Okay, I'm getting my deaths mixed up. Here. Yeah, why did they build the wall? Who uh, was who was ch- who was chanting for it? Uh, the farmers came into town. They were like, "There's rabbits crossing the border," and then you know, and they're not bringing their best. Uh, and so they were like, "Build a wall, build a," and so they built the wall. Yeah, for so rabbits. They built the wall but for rabbits. It's like a cute it, wall. It it's was like <laughs> four foot tall. It's a cute little wall. Yeah, that's actually really accurate. It's actually just, it's a replica <laughs> of the of the Great Wall of China, but it's small, but it's small. <laughs> it's a small wall, but you know who could get over it freaking emus <laughs> and they didn't look at they were they didn't even think about that. They're like this ain't going to keep an emu out. They didn't even cross their mind. Yeah, this is so <laughs> three toed death bird. That's going to crawl right over this thing, but rabbits are out. Uh, yeah, so it looks like uh, it depends at what section you look at the fence. It's anywhere from a foot and a half tall to three and a half feet tall. Oh, that that's our bunny barrier. <laughs> yeah, that's actually they call it the <laughs> rabbit proof fence or the state barrier fence is another name for it, um, but they built it in 1907 to keep rabbits. Are out you of serious? 1907. Yeah, I uh, straight up just guessed a date earlier. <laughs> I guessed a year. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh um, man. Uh, and they built it to keep rabbits out of their agricultural area um, that was already established. This is in our agricultural land, but there was it was such a problem. They needed to stop them, so they built and I kid you not a rabbit border fence that stretches the entire continent of Australia from north to south two thousand and twenty three miles long. It's this rabbit barrier rabbits fence. Are that big of a problem. How tall is it? It's so it depends in the section anywhere from a foot and a half to three and a half a feet foot tall. And a half? <laughs> yeah, it's shorter than the, it's shorter than the three and a half feet of the hot tide. That's shorter than the railing on my back porch. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. So to keep the rabbits out um, and it's like it's like it a really all across the entire wire. thing of uh, all of Australia. Yeah, it's this rabbit barrier. So you really you could jump over it. Oh, well, yeah. I don't know. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I probably could. <laughs> yeah, so they built this fence. You could if you trained a little keep- bit. <laughs> <laughs> you would need a, a month to. Yeah, let me get my uh, my agility up, and then I can f- clear that. Yeah, so they uh, uh <laughs> they just built this fence to uh, keep, to the, keep rabbits the rabbits out. out. Okay. Yeah, yep. Um. Uh. And when it was completed in 1907, it broke the record for the longest unbroken fence in the world. Um. Which I mean, I think is pretty fair. It's 2,000 miles long. So, anyways. Wow. They had this fence to keep the rabbits out, right? Yeah. Um. And then they gave after World War One a bunch of farmland to the war vets, um, and so the the rabbits weren't really that much of a problem. But the emus were. The emus were coming in. They were eating the crops. And one emus thing, can go over the fence. Yeah, yeah, they're tall, um, yeah. They're like five or six feet tall. And so, but emus what, are five or six feet tall. Yeah. How long are their legs? I don't know. Dude, you come into these. You come into this 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 episode just so unprepared. <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna ask questions like how many toes they got. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> what color are their eyes? Where are their ears? That's a real question. Where are their ears? In the same place everybody's ears are. Yeah. What are, what do emu ears look like? They're just holes. They're just like holes? every other bird. Like every other bird, they're just like a hole in yeah, their head. Yeah. What do bird ears look? Like? Oh, oh my, my gosh! gosh. <laughs> I should Photoshop birds with ears <laughs> so they can I hear. Maybe if they could hear, they wouldn't be so obnoxious. Maybe that's why they're so obnoxious. <laughs> they can't hear. They, can't hear. <laughs> they don't know. 
All right, I'm okay. Here's Whatever, the, dude. Just, so they've jumped over the fence. They're jumping over the Emus fence. Emus are coming in the thing. Exactly. And the people are like, "Listen, we fought in the world. War. We fought in the Great War. Yeah, we fought in World War One." And people are like, "We talking about World War One?" <laughs> 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 and then they were like, but the emus are in the field. <laughs> Dude, what if someone's out there calling World War One? Did you yeah. say one? Yeah. You think there's gonna be a second one? Well, I don't what know. What are you saying? <laughs> what are you trying to say here? <laughs> That's good. Um <laughs> Yeah, so here's here's the thing. Uh the the emus we should make a movie and put a movie out called you know Tim and Jaron one and then <laughs> never release never. anything else. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just Tim and Jaron one. So these emus were making all these problems for the farmers, yeah. right? It was a big issue and the farmers they said, okay, well the emus are affecting our farm uh, and there's thousands of them thousands of emus. Um, uh, it was estimated at one point that there was a, at least twenty thousand emus in the region. Just does that stretch that whole two thousand miles? No, I think it was directly in the location where they had left these farms for the soldiers mm-hmm. in Australia. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly where it is. It's around Chandler and ooh, Chandler. Simple name. Other name Walgulan. Um, that so, sounds yeah. right. Walgulan. Uh, anyways, um, <clears throat> and so the emers, the em, the em. <laughs> Here's what I want this to be. I want this to be the great emo war. (laughs) Dude, it's just kids fist fighting in a Spencer's gifts. Hey, thanks for being here for things I learned last night. Uh, if you want bonus content, early access to episodes, and a whole lot more, including a Discord channel, uh, we have that available to our Patreon supporters. To sign up for that and for more info, uh, text Tillin to 66866. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Hey, we're about halfway through quarter one, which means pretty much all of us have given up on our New Year's resolutions already. (laughs) And look, I get it. It becomes really easy this time of year to start skipping out on the things that you committed to. But I have a secret for you. Therapy can help you find your strengths so you can ditch extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. I know my therapist helps me find all the areas where not only I need to work, but areas where I'm doing a good job and can uh, continue to excel in those areas. And it's super helpful. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist or switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash Tillin today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Tillin, T-I-L-L-N. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. This episode is brought to you by Miracle Made. Hey, it's that time of year again, which means every night you wake up in the middle of the night freezing cold, and so you get a bunch of blankets, and then you wake up a couple hours later, and you're burning up. So you take all the blankets off and repeat the cycle 
all night long. Well, I got good news for you. Miracle Made has the solution. Miracle Made has silver infused fabrics that are inspired by NASA that makes the sheets thermoregulated and they're designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long. So if you need to be cooler, it helps keep you cooler. If you need to be warmer, it helps keep you warmer. And it's that same silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, which means these sheets stay cleaner and fresher three times longer than traditional bed sheets. So no more gross odors. Go to trymiracle.com slash Tillin to try Miracle Made sheets today and whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our code Tillin, that's T-I-L-L-N at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20% off. Miracle is so confident in their product that is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash Tillin and use the code Tillin to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash Tillin to treat yourself. Thanks again to Miracle Made for sponsoring this episode. Yeah, so the emus uh, were causing all this damage and the war vets, they were like, okay, um, this is a problem that needs to be solved. Uh, who do we know that can solve this problem for us? So they called their good old buddy from the war, Sir George Pierce, who was Australia's minister of defense and said, hey, can you nuke them? <laughs> pretty much. They were like, they were like, is there any way the government could just, you know, kill all of the emus? Um, and so Sir George Pierce being a war man said, you know what? Um, we could take a few machine guns in there, and I bet we could make quick work of them oh pretty my fast. Gosh. So he Where went, was Peter. <laughs> I don't think Peter was around yet. <laughs> I think this greatly predated Peter. This is why Peter exists. Like you can't just wipe out emus. Yeah, Peter started in 1980. So what they did was they built a, a second fence, <laughs> an emu fence. The emu fence. <laughs> yeah, so they came in the region. Uh, uh, Sir George Pierce. He went. Uh, uh, and uh, managed to scrape up front funds from the Australian government uh, to and get approved to bring in a small batch of soldiers from the Australian military with armed with two Lewis machine guns um, and 10,000 rounds of ammo uh, to just, come in. What just helicopter fly over and well, they didn't have helicopters yet. Um, they, what? No, they didn't. I a second ago. I searched PETA start date. Now I'm searching helicopters start date. <laughs> so this is after World War One. Yeah, helicopters were invented in 1939, and this was 1932. So a few years this too early. Why they did? Yeah, they're like, man, there was they're probably. Like, an easy I wish way. there was a better way to do this. <laughs> uh, so so helicopters were invented in 1939. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. So in, in 19 on November 2nd, 1932, they arrived in the region, um, and their goal. Uh, was okay. We are going to. This is what this is what uh, um, uh, uh, Sir George Pierce said. He said our goal is to assist the farmers um, and help remove the emus from the region, yeah. and also collect 100 emu skins so that their feathers could be made into cool hats for their light source horsemen. He didn't say cool. I had oh, okay. I was gonna say. He, I was gonna say. Yeah. Um, our our mission here is simple, gentlemen. <laughs> There's a long. I know that we just got out of a war, but it's time to go into another one. 
Okay, <laughs> we're going to rid this land of emus and also make cool hats. Yeah, so that was his that was his reasoning for the campaign. And on the November of 2nd, <laughs> I keep trying to think of what you would call a cool hat company. I'm working on it. Give me a second. Cool hat co. No, 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 no. It's made out of emus. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, just throw it in whatever you got it. Um, so on November 2nd, uh, they sweet emotion. <laughs> e- That's a rip off. <laughs> uh, uh, on November 2nd, the military arrived in the region uh, and they spotted about 50 emus on that first day. Did you get it? No, I back <laughs> keep out leaning way. in and yeah, no, okay. Should Emu I move Bauer? Okay, I'll it's take like Eddie Bauer. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I understood. Do they have the cars too? the SUVs? Maybe that's what the Hollister logo is. It's an emu. I don't know what the Hollister logo looks like. Okay, <laughs> the, you got it right. The R Alex doesn't know either. Y'all weren't cool in middle school. That's obvious. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they arrive in the, re- the region and they set up an ambush on this herd of about 50 emus. And something very interesting happened at this ambush. You can't rush a herd of emus. Yeah, so they figured, hey, we've got machine guns. They've got nothing, uh, so we're gonna just ambush them. Like I mean, here's what I'm imagining. I need you to tell me if I'm incorrect here. Yeah, I'm imagining like the fighting scene in Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, where it's been a minute since I saw it. You're gonna have to paint this. Okay, for me. imagine Lord of the Rings, or honestly, any war movie where got they're it. like. On each side. They got wall or in your language um, a warped tour pit, right? <laughs> yes, I understand With, now. now you understand it because you're a freaking moron. So <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm imagining people on horses Australian flags. Yeah, yeah, you know, and they are like ready to ride in. Am I wrong? I, they got this. No, fear. yeah, nothing like that. Okay, um, so there was a herd of about 50 emus in the bottom of this that valley. look like you know fragile velociraptors. Yeah, I, yeah, actually. Uh, and then at the top of the hill was the Australian military with their two machine gun posts, and they were just going to fire on these emus, and we're just going like, to unload on them. And oh, they weren't going to charge them. Yeah, and oh, they're okay. like, we're just going to take them all out, right? Okay. Well, the emus, uh, as soon as they began to open fire, the emus seemed to have borderline tactics because they then separated from their group of 50 into smaller groups of five or ten and they all ran in opposite directions so that way it'd be impossible for them to hit every single one of them. They would have to target one single group um, and what was also very interesting is the emus were sponges. They many of them were taking five six seven bullets to bring down um, and so they were hitting them over and over again and they were still just running away and so um, they were there that whole day the second of November they had uh, tried to ambush multiple flocks of birds, but after a full day of this campaign, the official report was they had uh, killed perhaps a dozen birds. That's not enough hats. <laughs> 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 We're already full of pre-orders. We got to kill more birds. So they came back two days Sir later. George Pierce was Sir George pissed. I'll tell you what they got back to the base and he was like, we're going to need more birds. What if he got like so obsessed with <laughs> becoming like a fashion mogul that like he gets back to the day. He's in like a fur coat 
And he's just like, how did it go? Like he's Corella Deville of emus. He's the Corella Deville of emus. And he's out there like, I need a hundred and one emus. One hundred and one emus. The movie part one. So two days later, they went back into the region. They found nearby a, a local dam. Two days later, they had to strategize. Yeah, they built a strategy um, and nearby they found a local dam and there was a thousand emus uh, a herd of a thousand emus that they spotted near that position. So this time they were like, okay, this time we're going to wait for them to get closer to us. So we're going to let them come to us before we open fire. So that way they don't have as much room to run and much room to get into yeah. smaller groups. Um, and so uh, this time they waited and things started going really well. They started they broke into their groups like they thought, um, but then uh, their gun jammed. Uh, and so in this campaign, they were only able to kill again about 12 birds uh, in this event uh, and the rest of them. Sir George was not pleased. Yeah, the rest of them scattered and got away before any others could be shot and there was no Emus other travel birds in herds of like a thousand. Yeah, they're called mobs. Um, so mobs really? of emu. Yeah, um, they travel in massive groups, um, but it appears that when trouble arises, they split into these smaller <laughs> When they, have like gorilla, they have like gorilla warfare tactics because <laughs> like when trouble rises, they split into these smaller groups of like around a dozen and they stick together and they all run in opposite directions to make it harder for you to pick out one like you can't get them all. You don't think get and one they, they just come groups. do have we studied them do they do they come back together later? Yeah, eventually they'll all group back up and continue doing their thing. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, so uh, in the following days they continued this campaign. Um, and by the fourth day of the campaign, uh, the army noted that each pack. This is a quote. This is each pack seems to have its own leader. Now um, they said a big black plumbed bird, which stands fully at six feet high and keeps watch while his mates carry out their work of destruction and warns them of our approach. So they literally would have like a watch guard that would stand outside the farm and watch the horizon line for danger. And they would warn and be like, well, yeah, while the rest would be eating the crops. And then if but they do that all the time, that's not because there was gunmen. It see well, it seems like that's what they were doing in response to the campaign. Like they weren't doing that at the beginning, but after the campaign began and the gunners were coming after them, they established a watch guard system uh, while the emus would be eating the crops. Someone would be standing watch and when they would see them, they would bolt. They'd split into their smaller groups and then get out of there. No. Okay. Yeah. So um, fairly <laughs> weirdly intelligent burns giving the tiny size of their brains, um, but they had tactics. It seems it seems to have some kind of tactics. So um, after about six days of this war on the emus, six days and 24 birds. <laughs> uh, yeah, so six days uh, they had spent 2500 rounds of ammunition um, and the number of birds killed is uncertain, uh, but most estimates come in at around 50 birds were killed um, for 2,500 rounds uh, across six days. Jeez. Um, and so <laughs> Meredith's official report is that his men suffered no casualties, though. So he was pretty proud of that. Um, <laughs> one of their their lieutenants. Did anyone get injured? <clears throat> that sounded weird. <laughs> Did anybody get injured? Uh, no, uh, not in. Uh, not yet uh, <laughs> on November the 8th. Oh my gosh. Uh, members of the Australian House of Representatives discussed the operation um, and they brought uh, it made it all the way back to the government. They were like, all right, they brought it back to Pierce. <clears throat> um, it had hit the local media 
of how the campaign was actually going and that only a few uh, they're out there attacking thousands of, of birds. Yeah, and only coming back with 50 bodies 50 feathers. Um, <laughs> they took one feather from Not each body. Hats. Yeah, um, they were <laughs> that was their tactic. <laughs> yeah, take one, one, one feather, feather from <laughs> that's why they needed so much for his hat. <laughs> he was the only one getting a hat out of this. <laughs> This is my hat made of a hundred emus. This is my emu hat collection. <laughs> it's like, yeah. isn't that Captain Hook that takes like he's like, don't touch a hair on his body. And he goes, okay, I won't touch this one. <laughs> isn't that is that a Captain Hook line? Does that I sound don't familiar? Remember. Anyway, I don't know. Do you know what Captain Hook is from? No. <laughs> oh, it's uh, that rum they sell at Hy-Vee. Oh, no, it's not. Okay, here we go. Uh, I hate that you had to say no, it's not. <laughs> That's what I hate. Do you know what Captain Hook is from? Okay, here we go. I know what Captain Hook okay, is from. Okay, it's from okay, Peter okay. Pan. Okay. 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 I just got I'm really excited with- that you might have been stupid for a second. That was <laughs> great. That been hilarious. <laughs> they were hilarious. So trying to defend uh, how terrible his um, campaign was going. Yeah. Uh, uh, he uh, before the Australian House of Representatives, Pierce said, "If we had a military division with the bullet carrying capacity of these birds." It would face any army in the world. They could face machine guns with the invulnerability of tanks. They are like Zulus, whom even dum dum bullets could not stop. And I'm not sure what dum dum bullets are. No, they're uh, they just shoot those suckers. <laughs> people, it's just suckers. Yeah, the this link goes to a, a broken page, um, but the the URL says expanding bullets, so I'm assuming they explode when oh, okay. contact. But um, yeah, and so the Australian House of Representatives was pretty divided. There was a group that was like, "Yeah, we can keep doing it. It's not a big deal. It's just you know whatever. It's small it's group just money. Yeah, it's a small group. Mm-hmm. It's only ten thousand rounds. We're just never going to go to another world war. <laughs> we don't need more. We don't need this." <laughs> but the other group was it's like nineteen thirty nine, right? Thirty two. Thirty two. Sorry, I was thinking of yeah. helicopters. It's nineteen thirty two. Things are running smooth. Things are great. It's the We're world of Great Depression. <laughs> Let's just sink a lot of ammo into emus. <laughs> Uh, there was another side that was like, this is going horribly. We're making right. our military look pathetic um, and we're spending a lot of money doing it. So another side of the war was like, no, we shouldn't do this. And in fact, uh, Pierce should be removed from his position for this. Yeah, the rest of the world really is sad. watching like dude, Australia can't even beat a bunch of birds. <laughs> what is this <laughs> they can't even fight these birds. Meanwhile, the U.S. is like, hey, we're going to go take out a bunch of ostriches just to show we're better. Just to show we can yeah, do it. They're not even on our country, but we're just going to. Yeah. They're bigger we're going to go yours. shoot the ones at the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> they can't get away. <laughs> just to practice. Just to practice. So uh, imagine you're at the Dickerson Park Zoo. <laughs> A carpet bomb. Like, what is that helicopter? That's helicopters flying extremely low, and then you just see someone dangling out the side. What if we find out they're like super creatures that could that could what destroy? Okay, here's Tim and Jaren one the movie. Okay. The plot is in the future. We find out that emus are the superior like being yeah, yeah species species is yeah. what I was looking for. Yes, they superior superior species. <laughs> They're already halfway there and <laughs> we've come back to eliminate them. Oh, okay. Okay, so that way they can't 
that way they can't do their uprising. Us. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty clever. Um, don't <laughs> do that. Whatever. It's do like your a, it's next. Like, read your like a, thing. <laughs> I don't know. Keep reading the Wikipedia page. I don't know. I'm trying to come up with the original stuff over here. You're literally copy pasting your mouth. Your mouth is just copy pasting Wikipedia. That's all we're doing here. Hey, we can make that movie. Yeah, movie. Okay, so have uh, <laughs> they withdrawn uh, the military? The, yeah. the House of Representatives was like, yes, so they voted against it. They were yeah, like, this is it. dumb, but some of them were like now I'm like personally invested in this. Yeah, exactly. And so then the emu is attacks on the crops continued. They kept they came on with the, with vigor after the military was gone. Yeah. They said, hey, they're gone. We can get so much more um, and so uh, uh, there was this hot weather and a drought that came literally almost immediately after all this was taking place um, and that drove even more emus into the area um, and so the veterans in the area that started taking matters in their own hands. They just started shooting all the emus yeah. while the emus. Uh, I don't know if they knew they were doing this intentionally. Uh, I doubt it, but they started destroying the rabbit fence and letting the rabbits into the area <laughs> to get the crops. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. All right, guys, we need backup. Bring in the bunnies. <laughs> Like there's just an angry emu who slams his three toed foot on the floor. They're all they're all bickering. They're fighting. They're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know what sounds emus make, but they're like, <laughs> and then one just boom. Bring in the bunnies and they just start tearing down the wall and you just see like this like peaceful shot of the wall and then they just come up over the hill thousands of them just, and they just start ripping this wall. To you hear it. You hear one of those. And you're like, what is going on? And then they're just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's pretty accurate. Hey, thanks for being here. We've got merchandise. It's a way to support the show and help us do more stuff, buy new equipment, reach more people. Uh, if you like what we're doing and want to help us do that more, uh, please consider doing that. If you want to link to that, all of that's going to be sent to you if you just text Tillin to 66866. I'll tell you, it's not a thing where we're going to text you a lot. We're not. It's not a text service. We're not going to like send you more. Of the, it's just a way for you to get a link. Uh, it's one text. That's all we're going to send. I promise you. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Man, today I'm having one of those days where I'm just about at the end of the day and I'm thinking, man, I wish I had more time. Have you ever had a day like that where you're like, oh, there's not enough hours in the day? But that got me thinking, what would I do if I had more hours in the day? And the reality is most of us would probably fill it up with the same stuff and at the end say, man, I wish I had more hours in the day. The reality is, if you're not making time for the things that you want to make time for, there's other stuff that's going to squeeze its way in, and you're going to find yourself wishing you were spending time on other stuff anyways. That's where therapy can be helpful. Uh, having someone you can talk to to say, hey, what are my priorities in my life, and how do I make those priorities in my life, and someone who can hold you accountable to keeping those priorities priorities. I know my counselor and I have been on a journey for a few years now, and it's been so helpful to have someone to talk and sort through life with. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. I say this a lot, but I cannot recommend therapy enough. If you're thinking of starting therapy, 
Maybe give BetterHelp a try. It's 100% online. It's designed from the top to bottom to be convenient. Uh, and you can fit literally any schedule. Speaking of schedules, BetterHelp fits literally any schedule. So it's super valuable for people like me <laughs> who have a hard time fitting things into their schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Tillin, T-I-L-L-N. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode so uh the we situation, need more ammunition the, situa- <laughs> the situation i that joke a lot earlier i just didn't know where to bring it up <laughs> the situation hits a fever pitch and on the 12th of november the minister of defense approved a resumption of the military effort the 12th said, of november, to go back they were like the fence <laughs> our pride and joy it's the longest fence in the world <laughs> It's the longest unbroken fence in the world. And they broke it. It must remain unbroken. <laughs> you go back in there and you unbreak that fence. Fun fact, actually. Did you know that Billy Ray Cyrus's Achy Breaky Heart is a cover? It was actually Achy Breaky Fence. It was, it was written in the 30s. <laughs> I never knew that. Yeah, it's a, it's a cover. That's fascinating. It's kind of like how the Jonas Brothers didn't write the bit of the year 3000. Really? Or they Rascal did. Flatts didn't write any of their songs. <laughs> you know? It's the same thing. Okay, okay. Billy Ray That's... Cyrus was like, breaky, breaky fence. <laughs> he just changed it. It was a more modern thing. <laughs> People had emotions later on. <laughs> People had emotions later on. Um, the, yeah. gov- the government didn't care about the farmers. They were like, let the emus get the farmers. Let the emus Who get cares? The farmers. Like, I hope the emus kill their families, honestly. <laughs> I we don't care. But the fence. The fence. <laughs> the fence. <laughs> <laughs> so they began a second campaign. Yeah. Uh, in the. It's absolutely nuts. These birds can just take bullets, though. I know. Yeah, they take uh, somewhere between five and ten bullets to take them down. Um, they're beasts. I don't know, um, and you can't really test it. You can't be like, let's figure out. Let's figure out. <laughs> You know that's one. Peter's gonna. How be many links does it take to get it. to the center? Oh the my gosh! Oh, I'm it too. That's a bad joke. <laughs> that's that's some real dark stuff. <laughs> Talk about dumb dumbs, you know. <laughs> oh, no. That's terrible! I don't like that. Uh, so I'm hey, glad you made that joke. <laughs> uh, before we get into the second campaign of this war, I want to shout out our Patreon, Fabian Thirty Six. You want to go for murdering emus <laughs> to talking about our Patreon supporter? Hi, we'd like to honor you for supporting our show. Um, <laughs> thanks for helping us kill the emus. <laughs> We didn't do it. The Australians did. Yeah, uh, yeah, that helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, supported them, but we didn't do it. Uh, honestly, a lot of people have recommended this to us, uh, both our patrons and people in the comments and on our email. Um, but Fabian, someone I emailed is the you? first one. Yeah, <laughs> someone straight up emailed the emu war to me. <laughs> okay. Um, who who was it that suggested it? I, I Fabian thirty six was the first um, that we got. So uh, shout out to you, Fabian. This is a crazy story. Um, and uh, honestly, one of the wildest wars in recent history. So, yeah, 
You're right. <laughs> so yeah, there's the, there's that. So Thanks you, for giving us that in the Discord, which is available to our Patreon supporters. <clears throat> if you'd like to be a Patreon supporter, you get access to the Discord um, and also some behind the scenes stuff, early access, and you don't have to listen to advertisements like. Well, hold on, I gotta say, text Tillin to six six eight six six, and then you don't have to listen to advertisements like this one. Great, <clears throat> great, <laughs> good. <laughs> uh, so they came back on the twelfth of November, uh, and this all started on the second of November. <clears throat> yeah, so this is a very and short then they went time November second to November eighth. They fought hard. November, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. between November eighth and November twelfth, they got the emus were like, we're comfortable like, enough. We're coming in hot. They're like they the, pulled well, back. The they were like, were, we're, they were like, we you know we've got it too good. They got bored. The ninth and the tenth, they were just eating crops. No, 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 no. It was, like, a, it was more of a. Okay, they pulled out their forces. We need to come on the offensive now. Oh, okay, okay, it okay. It was okay, their. Okay. It was their attack. So they they came out for more crops. They broke the fence. Yeah. And they said, "You mess with you mess with the emu. You, you get mess the with the wrong. <laughs> you get the third toe. You mess with the emu. <laughs> you get the third Okay, I hate it. <laughs> so they came back on the twelfth of November. They got themselves positioned. They began planning, and on the thirteenth of November, they found their first like degree of success in the whole campaign, where they had killed approximately forty emus. Um, the third day of their campaign, that they were they were back on the fifteenth of November, proved a little less successful. Um, <clears throat> What were they doing different this time? Anything? Yeah, so they they continued that original strategy of, of shooting them, of setting up like finding a large pack and yeah. then setting up their positions and waiting for them to get close. And then what they would do is they would just select targets. So they would say, okay, we're going to pick out this group instead of try to hit all of them. We're going to say that's our group. We're taking that one and then we're going to move on. Yeah, um, so they're being selective. Obviously, a lot of them were getting away, but they're actually being able to wipe out um, but they were estimating there's about 20,000 emus in this region, yeah, right? Yeah, so if you're only getting 40 a day, yeah, this is going to take a while. Um, so by November 2nd, um, the the soldiers were killing November, approximately or December 2nd, December 2nd, 2nd. Uh, soldiers were killing approximately 100 emus a week. So still not the really numbers. Really rough. <laughs> yeah, so by the 10th, uh, their lieutenant in charge of the project claimed that they had killed 986 emus with about 9000 rounds. Um, Jeez, so it takes about 10 rounds per confirmed kill um, and he also claimed that they had wounded about 2500 um, that were going to die as a result of the injuries that they sustained. Oh, um, so they had hit them and they were going to bleed out eventually um, <clears throat> and then <laughs> there was a lot of attempts in this. They had their most successful campaign. Their most successful like strategy was what we had just talked about where they would camp out and bring them to them, but they did try to mount their guns on on a car um, which uh, <laughs> tried to mad max it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, which actually just resulted in emus, <laughs> which actually resulted in uh, the only real human injury out of the whole event where uh, because the emus were so sporadic, they ended up swerving and crashing the vehicle. Um, and so they were like, yeah, we're not going to do any more of that and they got injuries. It wasn't life threatening, but um, 
But it's an injury nonetheless. Yeah, you know, you so, still have to report it. It's kind of like a church camp. If you get a little scrape mm-hmm. in your knee. Yeah, you still you still have you to call home. You got to call the parents. Gotta call the parents. Yeah. So yeah, all these soldiers' parents were getting called, and they're like, you let these birds <laughs> hurt my kid. <laughs> uh, so eventually, uh, it, they pulled out of the war. Uh, <laughs> Eventually, <laughs> eventually they were like, listen, the emus have taken the land. <laughs> it's their land now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they pulled out of the war a few months into the, they try to the negotiate thing. it all with them or <laughs> they're like, we need a treaty some peace negotiations. Yeah, so they pulled out of the war and what they said is, hey, this isn't working. The cost is too high um, for how much uh, we're able to put the damage out. So a couple years later in response to this issue, what the Australian government ended up actually doing instead uh, was they created a bounty system um, where they put oh. bounties out for the He's got pictures of emus around town. Have you seen, <laughs> Have this, you bird? seen this bird <laughs> reward <laughs> and it's literally just the same bird. It's <laughs> I don't uh, know how emus look forward. They're just like and so. <laughs> So all the the they, farmers they Google searched emus. <laughs> they just stuck it on there. Um, the farmers them, were getting paid to do it. One of the guys at the House of Representatives didn't know there was a difference between emus and emos. So the whole time, and so he just put like he a hot put topic a kid, kid, a kid with little, like the hair, hair like covering his eye, red tip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so over a six month period, uh, the government had paid out fifty seven thousand bounties. Uh, so their estimation was way wrong that it was only twenty thousand. Um, wow! To these farmers who they were war vets, so these farmers were like, "Hey, you guys can't do this. We're gonna go get them." And so they did. And we're gonna take this into our own hands. <laughs> yeah. So, so they really did. These farmers went out and they just went on this massive emu. Because you could turn that into a full time job. Yeah, I mean, if, if you, you're if, getting bounties. Yeah, if you're getting bounties, and if you figure out how to catch emus. Yeah, if you can figure out their tactics. Um, and subvert them, then you can get away with it, I guess. Yeah, um, you got like an A team <laughs> and it rolls up in the van. <laughs> I pity the bird. I pity the bird. They call them themselves the E team. The e, that's, that, I was going there. That's where yeah. I was going. Well, I'm glad I could jump the line for you and they you know, they just roll up and take them out. Yep. 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 Exactly. Wow. Um, so they uh, 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 they faced pretty fierce criticism. Uh, right around when this whole thing was kind of coming to light um, during the middle of the 30s. So after the war had ended, um, they uh, uh, the public was like, you guys are like exterminating this rare emu. It was like this rare species. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. You're gonna make it go instinct. Yeah, exactly. And so they they faced uh, fierce criticism for it, um, but then World War Two happened and everybody forgot about it. Everyone was like, this is a it's all right. Yeah, they were like, yeah, we got more things to worry about um, and so <clears throat> Uh, uh, this is the the great emu war. Uh, a lot of people argue that Australia lost this war because they did just kind of give up. When did they give up on? Like when did, are they? When did they stop killing emus? So in December of 1932. So no, not the government, not the government. I'm saying the bounties and stuff. Oh, um, are, they, I don't know. are they out there killing emus to this day? I don't think they're out there killing emus. I think it was a couple years. I think. Um, um, so they requested assistance again in the in 34, 43, and 48, only to be turned down by the government. Um, instead, the bounty system had been uh, reinstigated and continued. And so, over the course of gosh, it looks like about thirty years, they did oh the my bounty gosh. system, which bought fifty-seven thousand emus in for bounties. So, 
uh, they were just killing off all these. Okay, so wait, wait, wait. How much did they get paid for each bird? Um, I don't know that. Because here's what I'm thinking, right? You and I, if they're still doing the bounty system, yeah, right. You and I move to Australia. Yeah. Okay. We catch a few emus. Yeah. Uh, we um, we get them to mate. Okay. Right, and then we kill them. Turn them in for the bounty, and then we kill their kids. Mm-hmm. Well, we got to get those to mate first. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. We yeah. create an endless cycle. We just have an emu farm. Yeah, that you know, as they get older, we just just take them in, and like we kill enough. Like they're just like, dude, you're constantly bringing us emus, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, call me the beaker. Did you say um, the beaker? The beaker. I love um, that. Yeah, because I imagine like riding into town <laughs> on a horse. People are like, it's you know, 2021 now. I'm riding on a horse, and you hear that. I like that a lot, dude. The beaker, come on, that's pretty cool. The guy who chases down emus and just—I mean, <laughs> again, 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 again. Jaren, J- uh, Tim, and Jaren won. There it is. There it is. When you're fighting emus, <laughs> you know, you're from the future. You got that weird like glass glasses thing over yeah. one eye, which yeah. I don't think will ever become a trend. But whatever. But you, you know, I you're in town. You're like, I'm the beaker. I'm the beaker. Bro, we should make this movie. This is. I mean, this is a short pretty, film. This is a short film idea we just had. This a short film idea. Yeah, we're, gonna, we're see us at Sundance with we'll, we'll start a media company called tall films. <laughs> I guarantee it's already a thing, but it's funny. Uh, anyways, uh, these uh, it just seems like you're not excited about it. I whatever. am. Exci- I mean, you know, it kind of feels here's what it feels like when we started this podcast. It feels like that same energy. We we're like, that'd yeah, be a fun idea. <laughs> you know, what I'm talking about? well, yeah, just give it four years and I'll get excited about it. <laughs> Okay, all right, that's fine. That's fine. It looks like the price that they were paying was four and a half pence, uh, which today is equivalent to about sixteen dollars. Oh, um, that's not as much as I thought. It yeah, was be. but that's four and a half pence to today. I think there's an inflation number, so I would guess it'd be around a hundred with inflation. So like four and a half pence in today, four and a half pence would be sixteen dollars, but four and a half pence back then to U.S. dollar. With plus inflation, I think it'd be around a hundred dollars per bird. So still made, not much. You just made all that up, I think. But whatever. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I can make stuff up. Is that illegal? <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean it's fine. I got freedom of speech. I over was here. thinking. <laughs> I was thinking they were dealing out like a thousand dollars a bird. I don't think so. I don't think so. Because you could turn that into a full time gig pretty yeah. easy. Yeah. No, it doesn't seem like that. Yeah. Um, but it'd be better for the movie if it is like right. Let's make it like ten thousand a bird. Yeah, that'll be more interesting. That's People a bounty are out hunter. Here. Yeah, they call him the beaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it. It's you and me, man. I'm beaker and you're squawk squawk. <laughs> you know? Beaker and squawk squawk. Can it just be squawk? No, I feel like squawk's better than squawk squawk. It is. That's why I made it squawk squawk. <laughs> squawk squawk is clearly less cool. <laughs> And like people call you squawk and you correct them. No, it's squawk. <laughs> hey, squawk. Please. Uh, excuse uh, please, me. Please. Like you're squawk, like a, squawk. you're such a nerdy dude in the in the E team van, you know? <laughs> like you're like get in the back of the and like yo squawk, get up here and you're like it's squawk squawk. <laughs> say it right or don't say it at all. And they're like, "All right." <laughs> say it right or don't say it at all. <laughs> This is where I'm I'm putting my 
You've you've cut off two toes on each foot so you can connect with the birds, whatever yeah. that means. Like <laughs> you're just trying to, to get in their mind space. I I I have I have my my big toe, my pinky toe, and that middle toe. Yeah, exactly. I cut off the I two mean, th- when I say that's exactly what I was thinking, <laughs> I'm, I mean that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm not chopping off pinky and, and big, no and, way, no way you the finger. Off. No, of course not. No, 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 no. No, you got to take every other. Yep, yep. So you got this weird like. If this is a gang symbol, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. But you got like this weird three, <laughs> and he just foot. he has a really hard time <laughs> balancing. <laughs> He's always stumbling around because he only has three. <laughs> Sorry, I have three toes. <laughs> Squawk, are you okay? Broken neck. Like you're you're falling down the stairs. You're like against a corner. I'm like Squawk, are you all right? Are you good, Squawk? It's Squawk, Squawk. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> we're gonna have to we're gonna have to hit the writers' room on this. Oh my um, gosh! <laughs> figure this out. But I want to go see this wall. Honestly, yeah, that would be pretty cool. What if you and I walk the wall, bro? That would take For forever. Charity. It's it's a continent-sized wall. That would take us weeks. It's two thousand miles long. You don't want to spend that much time. How many miles? <laughs> I'm gonna Google Maps how long the walk would. I don't take. know. There was a dude who walked across <laughs> the whole United States. You know. Yeah, but he had a cross. He had a reason for it. What? <laughs> that was for the Lord. Okay, different stuff. We're doing this for why? <laughs> for no reason at all. Why? <laughs> for the bit. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I, I'm trying to Google Maps it, but I'm. I'm I honestly I'm thought when you said they were, they put two gunmen at the top of the hill, right? There's the mob in the middle, the yeah. mob of emu in the yeah, middle. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were going to pull a Gideon. Oh, what do you mean? Where they just play music real loud, like oh, the horns, you know? But uh, maybe you know, in the '30s, the fiddles were pretty it'd be popular. A be a fiddle off. Ah, uh, no, they didn't. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Hey, we're about halfway through quarter one, which means pretty much all of us have given up on our New Year's resolutions already. (laughs) And look, I get it. It becomes really easy this time of year to start skipping out on the things that you committed to. But I have a secret for you. Therapy can help you find your strengths so you can ditch extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. I know my therapist helps me find all the areas where not only I need to work, but areas where I'm doing a good job and can uh, continue to excel in those areas. And it's super helpful. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist or switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash Tillin today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Tillin, T-I-L-L-N. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. <laughs> 